friends tonight, and I feel that uh, just being among friends, and uh, just appreciate the opportunity uh, just to come and just to just to share with you. Right, we're uh, starting tonight uh, revival, and I'm looking around, seeing all kinds of familiar faces and lot friends, and I can say this. Wendell Romans told me this when I first uh, came into the county uh, back. I, see, I was trying to think. I guess that was 01. I had hair back then, a little bit anyway, but not much. I've seen Phyllis. She always called me Fluffy, but I'd fluff it up. But anyway, um, and I remember him saying, you know, he said, some of my best friends in the whole world are in Rock Castle County or Mount Vernon, Kentucky. I think that's why he said that. And, you know, I can say that very same thing. Some of our best friends in the whole world are right here. And, and so, again, I say thank you and, and uh, good evening to you and, and to folks. I know see a lot of familiar faces, a lot of First Baptist folks that I had the wonderful privilege to pastor for many years, and, and we love you all. Listen, if you have your Bibles tonight, uh, 1 John, 1 John chapter 5. I won't be very transparent. Probably I shouldn't be as transparent at times, but I'd really plan to preach something else uh, this afternoon, and I don't know, just at about 3.30. So that hasn't been that long ago. Uh, I just really sensed I'm, I'm, I needed to come here uh, to this place tonight. And so, uh, but anyway, we're just going to pray the Lord to just uh, use this uh, in spite of my uh, back, about wavering back and forth. It's all His Word tonight. But if I could preach one, one message, and some of you have heard me preach this, no doubt. Uh, but if I could preach one message, it would be this one. It, it would be this one. Listen, I got saved. I was nine years old. I think I mentioned that uh, uh, yesterday. I was trying to think, when was that? Yesterday morning. I mentioned that. I got saved when I was nine. And, and you know, I just, um, you know, just in sharing my testimony, listen, I, I just, I had this fear. I was, I was going to hell, right? And that's a good fear. I mean, really, isn't it? Brother Kenneth, I mean, somebody's lost. Uh, if, you're, if you're lost without the Lord, you're, you're going to hell. Uh, and the Bible speaks of that. And I was really afraid to die. And I was, a, I was fearful of hell. And uh, I remember when I got saved, and, and uh, it was just like a, a burden had, had uh, been lifted off my back. And, and as, a, as a nine-year-old boy, I didn't understand everything, but, but you know, I understood enough to know that, that I was lost. And I understood enough to know that, that I had sinned. Even as a nine-year-old kid, I'd done things that, that was wrong, it was sinful, and I wasn't happy about it, you know, pleased with that, and I was ashamed of that, and, and all those things. But... I had some rough teenage years. I had uh, some, uh, you know, for two or three years there. I was, uh, I was pretty rebellious, I guess. And, and, and I've talked to others at times that maybe shared that. Maybe if you were saved as a child, maybe you can relate to that as a teenager. Uh, maybe some years that you got away from the Lord. And, and I got to a place, and we'll go to, into it tonight, but I got to a place where my, my well, I'll just tell you, my mother-in-law, or excuse me, my sister-in-law had dreamed the night my dad died. And, and, I, and I don't get into, really don't know much about premonitions or all those things, right? You know, but she did. She dreamed dad died the night he died. Well, I'm away from the Lord and she calls mom and said, hey, I dreamed daddy died. Don't you let him go on that trip. And, 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 and me and some buddies, we were going down to, uh, down to the lake, green, uh, trying to think what lake it was. But anyway, it's not important. But uh, we were going down to the lake and, and boys will be boys. Shenanigans will be had. Just leave it at that. Well, in the midst of that, and I hadn't planned to tell this either, but in the midst of that, uh, being on that lake, and of course, she dreamed I drowned. And, and I do, I swim. I swim like a rock. 
basically. I can tread water a little bit now. Took swimming lessons at seminary, jumped in the 10 foot, got out, and I'm done. Anyway, so I, but, but I still don't like water. But anyway, so she dreamed I drowned, and we get out on the boat, and we're fishing. This big storm comes up, and, and it's white capping, and, and, and the boat won't start. Coincidence? Don't think so. Don't think so, Tim. Uh, anyway, so the boat won't start. So, so here's, here's what I'm literally doing. I'm buckling up my, my I was going to say my seatbelt, my life vest. I'm buckling up because I, all I can think about is Jonah, and all I can think about is I'm going in. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting ready to get wet. I mean, I'm serious. And, and, and they, the guys teased me later. They said, you were white as a ghost. And I'm thinking, well, I'm getting ready to see Jesus uh, pretty soon, and, and I'm really trying to get things straightened out before we get there. And, and, and I'm serious. And, and so this was a life-changing moment for me. So in that, in that moment that, you know, finally the boat started, we got back, and actually it did, it capsized the boat. It was that bad a storm. Capsized the boat there close to where we were camping. And uh, so when we got out that day, I went over and kissed the ground. I literally did. And I told the Lord this. Now I know, listen, rebellious people will say rebellious things, but I said, Lord, I, I will be in church Sunday. And you know what? I was. Now, we'll sometimes make those, we'll make sometimes, right, those bargaining times with the Lord. But I, I did do that. And, and, um, and, and that was, that, I'm not saying I automatically straightened up, but that was a turning point in my life. God had my attention. And I remember standing in Salem Baptist Church up in Southfield, uh, Salem Baptist Church during the invitation time. And here's what the Lord said to me. It was during this whole time, right after that, if I remember right. He said, you can't keep living like this. You've got to decide. And I had a lump in my throat about the size of a banny egg. You know what that is? You know what that is? At least you've got to be country to know what that is, right? And I had that lump in my throat, and, I, and you can't keep living like this. And so you've got to decide. And, and that day, I, I remember going forward and... And I remember <laughs> I was confessing sins before the church and I, you know, it wasn't quite like when the squirrel got loose or anything like that. But, but I mean, I'm sure people were like, you know, and, and most of them knew anyway. But, but, but the point is I'm confessing these sins and, 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 and I was trying to remember if it was that day that when I went forward, I was trying to remember if it was that day, Kevin Burke, and he normally didn't come to our church, but his dad was a deacon in our church. And, and he told me, and I was trying to remember if it was that day or a different time. Here's what he said to me. I think it was that time. He said, you're not going to preach right now. But, and I'm thinking, oh, wait, I'm not up here about preaching. <laughs> in fact, that's the farthest thing in my mind's about preaching. I asked him about that later. I saw him some years later. He didn't, he didn't remember even telling me that. And I know he said that. And so that must have been a word for me at some point, right? But here's the point I'm trying to make. You know, looking back on that later in my life, I got to thinking, was I really saved? I really struggled with I, I really did. I really struggled with that. I'm, I'm a young man. I'm a pastor. And I'm still struggling. I mean, you know, I knew I was saved at that point, right? And, and where there were times there of, Lord, if I wasn't saved, I, am, I want to be now, you know. But I, I've struggled with that, looking back on my life, thinking, now, if I was really saved, would I have done that? If I was really saved, would I have acted like that? Would I have all those things, right? And, 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 and as I've grown older of looking at it, and here's where I ended up for me, and others have ended up, but for, ended up for me that I believe, yeah, I really was saved then. I was away from the Lord. I didn't want to go see the Lord in that, in that, in doing that. I was disobedient that, you know, I believe, listen, I believe you can tell the Lord, no, no, no. And then sometimes the Lord will say, well, you just come on home. 
1 Corinthians 11, Paul said some have fallen asleep in the church at Corinth. So, so I, believe, I really believe I was saved at, at age nine. Something happened to me and I never got over that, thank the Lord. But, but I went through that, that time. And I remember, and, and the point is where we're coming tonight, because I, I remember talking to a dear lady, and I'm a pastor at Bethlehem, and, and I'm talking to this elderly lady. It was just one of those times I didn't know who lived there. I just stopped in to visit. Remember when preachers used to do that? <laughs> and, and I'm talking to this wonderful lady, and I didn't know her. She went to one of our sister churches, and I asked her, and I can't remember her name, and I said, Miss Whatever. And I said, do you know for sure you're saved? And here's what she said to me. She said, well, now, honey, I don't think anybody can know for sure. And I thought, well, wait a minute, I think you can. <laughs> In fact, uh, the Bible says we can, right? But I think what she was coming from, and I don't really know for sure where she was coming from, but sometimes people think, well, I don't want to presume anything, right? But listen, when God gives us His Word, we can take that to the bank, <laughs> right? And, and so here's here, saying all that to say this. Tonight, some of you, I want you to know for sure when you leave this place, because listen, that's miserable to be in that place where you're not sure whether you're saved. And I have dealt with that and dealt with years ago, dealt with that, talked to pastors, talked to fellow seminarians, and some of them had struggled similar things. They gave me comfort of <laughs> knowing that, that, hey, I may not have been the only one that suffered with that, you know, and those things. But, but I want you to know tonight, do you know for sure, do you know that you know that you know that if you died right now, or if the Lord Jesus comes back tonight before we leave this place, do you know you're going to heaven? See, I want you to know that. And many, maybe everybody here says, well, I got that. Well, great, great. Pray for somebody else that maybe doesn't. But I'm going to be honest, probably. There's some of you tonight, you struggle with this very same thing. And so I want to give you some help tonight. Amen. Let's just settle that tonight. Let's get it settled. And if maybe not for you, maybe for somebody else, a family member, a friend, a co-worker, somebody tonight that you know, hey, they've been really struggling with this. And so let's go back. How do you know for sure? Do you know for sure tonight that you're saved? And, and let's go to 1 John chapter, chapter 5. And In fact, the whole book of 1 John is about, really, assurance of salvation. And we'll look at, at some of it tonight in our time that we have allotted for us tonight. But, but here in, in, in 1 John in chapter, chapter 5, and let's stand together. Can we stand for just a moment? And, and that'll give you a chance to stretch your legs. And, and, uh, but uh, we're mainly standing here just to honor the Word of God. Okay, so 1 John chapter 5 and verse 9. Let's start with verse 9. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record, that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things, look at verse 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Aren't you glad that's there tonight? Listen, you don't have to keep wondering. You can know. This is the Word of God. This is the Word of God. Let's pray. Father... Thank you, Lord, for your word. It brings us great assurance and hope. It is life. It is life to us. 
Lord, tonight, I just um, I pray, Lord, just for help, Lord, tonight, just in preaching your word. I, I thank you, Father, for your spirit who indwells us. I pray, Lord, just for my brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and Lord, tonight, maybe there's someone here that's really struggling with assurance of their salvation. There may be someone here tonight that in their heart they know that they've never been born again. And Father, for those tonight that just have that great assurance, I pray that we'll be able to take what you give us tonight, that we can share that with someone else. Father, would you revive our hearts tonight, how we need that, how we need revival. And Lord, we just ask these things in the strong name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. You know, we think about uh, Melvin Trotter, and I've used the illustration many times. Melvin Trotter used an example uh, years ago. Someone asked him, said, Melvin, and of course he had been, what, a hopeless alcoholic before he got saved, and then when he got saved, just a radical change in his life. And somebody said, so Melvin said, said, how do you know that you're saved? And he said, well, I know I'm saved because I was there when it happened, you know. And so he knew something had taken place in his life. But, but even for all of us tonight, not all of us, have that same testimony. For some, they may not have quite that assurance. You might say, well, I think something happened. I'm, I'm pretty sure something happened. For some, for some, it may be, well, I walked down an aisle, right? I, I shook the hand of the preacher and, and I filled out a card or, or you know, or I went to the altar and, and I prayed and, and others gathered around me, whatever it might have been. Or so, for some, I had a young man tell me one time, he said, uh, he said, well, I said, I need to be saved. And I said, well, I, th- I thought you were saved. He said, well, I got baptized. And uh, he said, you know, there was a little girl I liked, and she got baptized, and I just followed her right through the baptismal waters, and nothing had ever happened. And so those things actually do happen, right, at times. So tonight I want us to think about, uh, about knowing for sure of why that, we, uh, that we're saved. And, and, and the question, that I guess, to ask is, well, why do we doubt? Why do we doubt that at times? And, and I think there's one of three reasons. Number one, for some that doubt their salvation, they need to because they've never been converted. I mean, that's just the truth to be known, right? There are folks in our church today that have never been converted. And I don't mean necessarily here tonight. I don't mean that. I'm just saying, well, on our church roll, you know, we have a lot of folks on our church roll, and I'm not sure where they are on Sundays. But anyway, but, but the point is that's true with every church roll, right? And so there's some people that have just kind of gone through the motions, and they've never been converted. But for others, maybe they've never really grown as a disciple in the Lord. Maybe they came to Christ, maybe came at a young age, no one discipled them, and they never really followed through. For others, maybe sin has entered in. Listen, nothing will cause more doubt in your life as to whether you're saved than that of sin. If you're not walking with Jesus tonight, and trust me, I know that if you're not walking with Jesus tonight, there's not going to be great assurance in your heart, right? There's not going to be any joy in your heart tonight if, if there's sin there, right? If there's unconfessed sin in our life. So these are some things and reasons why at times we may doubt our salvation. I want to give you three things. Three things tonight that bear witness to our salvation. And uh, all three are necessary. All three are needed and all three are in agreement and accord. Here's the first thing. How can I know that I'm saved? Uh, Tonight, first of all, the Word of God. Number one, the Word of God tells me so, okay? The, The Word of God tells me how to be saved. The Bible tells us how to be saved. And we, we read that even from just a moment ago. Go back to what we read, and let's look at verse 11, if you will. Verse 11, 1 John chapter 5, and verse 11. It says, it says, And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, 
and this life is in his son. He that hath the son hath life, and he that hath not the son of God hath not life. Now, now here's the thing. Notice, life is found in what? In the church? No. Life is found what? In baptism? No. Life is found in what? In the Son. Now, who is the Son? This is S-O-N. This is Jesus. Life is found in Jesus. I'm not very smart, and some could say amen to that. <laughs> Be careful. You all know me pretty well. Listen, but I can understand that. He that hath the Son hath life. Listen, if you've got Jesus, He's the one that gives you life, right? Someone said, well, yeah, I, I, but I, I've done all this and I've done all that. You can't do enough. My daughter and I, we were talking this morning, talking about the Lord, talking about grace, and talking about our tendency at times to treat salvation like a McDonald's combo. Listen, I'm not a bit hungry. I want to tell you, we ate tonight. Mary, Mary Nida, listen, she put on a table. I mean, we ate. I'm not preaching on gluttony. Because <laughs> I had to be the first one down there. And she and Jeff were just great hosts tonight. But, but for those of you not trying to make you hungry, that's where I was going with that. But you go to McDonald's, you order the combo, right? And you get this and that. Some people think it this way. They think of salvation. Well, i got to trust Jesus to be saved. And then here's how some people think. Uh, is it okay if I come down? And, and so, I didn't wait for you to even answer, did I? And so, and some people say, well, listen, i got to trust Jesus to be saved, but if I'm going to stay saved, I've got to work. That's what some will say. Is that true? No. We trust Jesus to be saved, and we trust Jesus to stay saved, Right? See, see, good works come as a result of being saved. Good works come because we know the Lord. We're, we work and we serve because we know the Lord, because He's changed us. We're not working to be saved. We're working because we are saved. See, see, and that's a big difference. It's a big difference. Some people in our world, even in our country, I read a statistic that said over half of Christians, if you will, and that's a big, big spectrum, I'm sure, in our country, over half of people that call themselves Christians in our country believe you can work your way to heaven. Listen, no, you can't. It's the work of the cross. We are justified by faith apart from the works of the law. The only way we're saved is because of what Jesus did when he went to Calvary and he took my sin and your sin and he died in my place and in your place for us. There's no other way to be saved other than knowing Jesus Christ. If you're trying to work your way to heaven, you're lost tonight. If you are banking on church membership or good works, we can't do it. I was talking to a lady one time. We were in Montana, Thomas K. We had been on a mission trip up there, and we went to Glacier, Glacier National Park, wasn't it? And so we're sitting out. This was after the mission trip, and, and so we're having some relaxing time. And I'm sitting out in one of those big rocking chairs looking over the mountain. It was pretty nice. And there was a lady there, and I thought, well, you know, maybe I ought to try to witness. You know, I'm Joshua. I think I probably ought to do something spiritual while I'm here. And so anyway, and so I thought I ought to witness this lady. And so I, I, I kind of I leaned over, and I got to talking to her a little bit. She seemed nice. And, and uh, anyway, and I said, well, do you know you're going to heaven? And here's what she said. I've never forgotten it. She said, she said, yes, I'm going to heaven because my brother-in-law is a preacher and he's going to get me in. <laughs> I'm thinking, lady, I know preachers. We ain't going to get nobody in. We can't get ourselves in, right? I mean, she really said that. And I think she would, the sad part is I think she was serious, you know. 
Yeah, so how, how are we saved? Well, we're saved because we know Christ. And that's what the Bible says, right? Look again, verse 13. These things I have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. That believe on the name of the Son of God. See, we've got to know who Jesus is. He's the Son of God. He's the Savior of the world. You know, the, what is it? The, uh, the cults today, the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons, they'll, they'll tell you all kinds of crazy stuff about Jesus, that He's not really God. He's equal to the devil. I don't know what all that. Listen, don't you listen to them. Listen, the Bible tells us Jesus is the Son of God. He is equal to God, yes. He is God in the flesh. When Jesus came, He laid aside part of His heavenly glory, but this is fully God. Listen, you want to know who God the Father is, take a long look at God the Son, right? Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He is God in the flesh. And He went to the cross because He loves you. And He died for you and me in our place for our sin took our punishment. They put him in a, I usually say they put him in an old, they actually put him in a new tomb, didn't they? Three days, he arose again. Amen. Didn't need it long, did he? That's how much he loves you, but it's all because of what Jesus did. And so the Bible tells us that. And so there are people sometimes that will say, well, I believe this. One guy told me, it's right, right in Alabama, he told me, and he admitted later he thought it sounded crazy. He said, I feel like my grandmother's up in heaven kind of watching over me and guiding me. And I guess I'm looking at him just like, what are you talking about? He said, I know that sounds a little crazy. And it does sound crazy because it is. There's only one way to be saved, and that's through Christ. I remember a guy telling me one time, he said, uh, I asked him if he was saved. He said, well, me and Jesus got our own little thing going. I didn't know that was a song. <laughs> Tom T. Hall, I found out later. I didn't know that was a song. You know, and, and I'm just thinking, listen, if you don't have going what he's got going, you ain't going. <laughs> so here's the question. Have you repented of your sin and have you placed your faith in Jesus? See, that's what the Bible tells us we must do. It's through Christ and Christ alone. It's a free gift. We can't earn it. We don't deserve it. We can't repay Him. See, and that's the thing, isn't it? We want to feel like we've done something. But grace is such an amazing... It is amazing, isn't it? We come to the end of ourselves of realizing there's nothing I can do to save myself. It's all on Jesus. The finished work of the cross. Amen? So tonight, the Word of God. Here's the second witness. The Word of God, but also the, the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost of God. The subjective witness, if you will. Now let's go back and look at a couple of verses. We'll stay right here in 1 John. 1 John chapter 5, again, and look at verse 6. We'll backtrack just a little bit. Look at verse 6 of chapter 5. The Holy Spirit, He also bears witness. This is He that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but wa by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness because the Spirit is truth. No, it's the Spirit that bears witness, right, with us. Look at chapter 4 and verse 13. Chapter 4, verse 13. Hereby we know that we dwell in Him and He in us because He hath given us of His Spirit. See, here, that's what John's saying. Here's how we know we dwell in Him and He dwells in us. Why? He has given us, right, His Spirit. Look also in chapter 3, verse 23. Chapter 3, verse 23, all right here in 1 John. 
chapter 3, verse 23. And this is His commandment, that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He has given us uh, commandment, right? And He keepeth His commandments, dwelleth in Him, and He in Him, and hereby we know that He abideth in us by the Spirit which He hath given us. Verse 24 there, excuse me, verse 24. We know that by the Spirit whom He hath given us to us, right? Paul, Paul writes also in the book of Romans that the Spirit Himself or itself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. See, see, something happened when you got saved. If you're saved tonight, at that moment you trusted Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God came in and, and co- He convicted you of sin, but He converts us, right? If you have your Bible, the book of Ephesians chapter 1, to look at, at this verse together, Ephesians 1 and verses 13 and 14. All right, Ephesians 1, and let's just read that together. If you have your Bible, I was going to read it here, but let's just read it together. Ephesians 1, in verses 13 and 14, and we see here the Holy Spirit. See, God doesn't give Himself in bits and pieces. We're told to be, you know, filled with the Spirit of God, right? And that's a continual filling, to be under the influence, the yielding, surrendering to the Holy Spirit of God. But but when we got saved, the Holy Spirit came in. Look at Ephesians 1, verses 13 and 14. In whom, okay, in Christ, right, ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession and to the praise of His glory. Notice what it says. It says that you trusted in whom Christ you trusted, right, when you heard the word of truth, somebody shared the gospel with you of how to be saved. You heard the truth. You believed, right, the gospel of your salvation. And whom after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest, earnest money, if you will, guarantee. See, when you got saved, the Holy Spirit came in. He saved you. He is the guarantee, the deposit of what is yet to come. Yes, He lives within us. He sealed us. Now, when you would seal something in the Bible, listen, nobody could unseal that except the one that sealed it. (laughs) And so the Lord has sealed us for the day of redemption. So if you know Christ tonight, He saved you, He sealed you, and you'll be delivered one day into His presence because of what He has done. But we have the Spirit of God who lives within us. It's kind of like going to Walmart. We went to Walmart. Listen, was, when was that we went to Walmart? Anyway, was that yesterday? Anyway, boy, they're busy in there, aren't they? We don't go into Walmart much. They have this thing called delivery. <laughs> also have this thing called pickup, but the delivery is even. But, but a point, I want, if you go to Walmart, you buy something. And suppose you, hey, suppose you buy the wrong thing. Suppose you go in, you buy, and it's, it's, it's real nice, I'm sure. It's a Walmart, but it's the wrong thing. And you go back. And so you walk in, and there's these nice folks standing there, and they're called what? This is where, yeah, you get to participate. Isn't this wonderful? This is all unrehearsed, by the way. And, and the, these greeters. And so they greet you on the way in. And, and you have this Walmart bag. And, uh, and so in, in that, you're bringing back something. And so you have that item that you're bringing back, that deer stand, Bucky, that just wasn't quite right. And, but also, you have, you have this piece of paper, and that piece of paper is called what? Ah, that's it. What's it called? Mercy. See, because that receipt shows them that you bought something there. 
Now, they might take it back whether or not, but that's not really fits my illustration. So here it is. So that receipt. Now, here's the thing. So you have that receipt, and it shows that something was purchased. And so they look at, oh, okay, you purchased that here, so we'll take that back here. The Holy Spirit of God is, if you will, the sign, the receipt that you have been purchased by the blood of Jesus. See, see, if it, if a purchase was made at that moment when you called on Jesus and you said, Lord, I'm a, I'm a worthless, low-down sinner, but I, I believe in Jesus and I know you'll save me. And He did. And the Holy Spirit of God came in and sealed you. Purchase was made. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Aren't you glad of that? Devil ever try to worry you about past sins? Devil ever worry anybody? Listen, the closer you try to get to the Lord, the more the devil will come after you. And here's something else too. I believe I think it was Brother Chad said this years ago. He said, "Look, if you're saved, the devil will try to convince you that you're not." If you're not saved, you try to convince you that you are. I believe there's a lot of truth in that. But listen, the Holy Spirit of God bears witness. Amen? So that's the second witness. The Word of God tells us how to be saved. It was because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. If you have the Son, you have life. Holy Spirit's our subjective witness. Here's the third witness. We might call this the external witness of the life that we live. Okay? A changed life. Let's put it that way. A changed life. Life. Now, I'm not saying you can add to this by the way you live. No, no, I'm saying if you're saved, your life's going to be different. Are you with me? I'm saying if you know the Lord, our, our, our actions, our thoughts, everything, our motivation will be different. Not perfect, but, but will be different. Look with me again. Let's go back to 1 John and let's look at a few verses together. Again, all of 1 John is a, about assurance of our salvation. And let's look at 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. First of all, if we're saved, then that means the Bible tells us we're going we're to keep His commandments, right? We're going to keep His commandments. So, so in, in 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6, and hereby we, we know that we know Him, right? Here's how we know if we know Him, <laughs> if we keep His commandments. He that saith, I know Him, and keepeth not His commandments, is a liar, and the truth's not in Him. But whoso keepeth His word in Him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know that we are in Him. He that saith, He abideth in Him, ought Himself also to walk, even as He walked. Right? Also, 1 John chapter 2, verses 9-11. through 11. So, number one, if we're saved, our, our life, we're going to be obedient to Him. There's going to be a, an obedience. Also, we're going to love our brothers. Look at uh, 1 John 2, 9-11. through 11. It says, He that saith that he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness hath blinded, blinded his eyes, right? And, and so, you know, so the bottom line is there's a, there's a love. When people get saved, here's something too. When somebody gets saved, there's this desire to be in God's house and to be with God's people. Right? And, and, and a love for people. Now, I know, listen, wouldn't it be great if everybody was just like me and you? Amen? Some of you have been wanting to say amen. That was a good chance for you, but you blew it. I didn't give you a warning. But there are some people out there hard to love. Amen? 
I figured I'd get some. <laughs> I figured we'd get a few amens. Yeah, there's some people just hard to love. So if they's all like me and you now, it'd be different. But, but you know, listen, how will we love, learn how to love people unless God puts some unlovables in our life? Amen. He said, well, I wish the Lord didn't trust me quite so much. You know, but, but you know, isn't that the truth though, right? But, but there's a love, right? There's, really, there's a love that we're to have for other people. And, and let's think about that. Uh, also, there's, there's to be a love for God instead of the world. Let me, let me, let's look at um, a couple other verses here. First John chapter 2, and look at verses 15 and 16. So this, again, this changed life. Uh, commandments, keep the commandments. A love for the brothers. Um, you know, a love for God rather than a love for the world. Verse 15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not any. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Right, boy, isn't that a temptation today? There's so many things out in the world today, and sometimes you almost wonder if the Lord were to come back today, there'd be some folks disappointed. The second coming of Christ is called the blessed hope. And He's coming. I don't know when. We wonder sometimes how long, you know, how much longer. But you know, are, are, we, really, are we really excited about it? We ought to be, shouldn't we? We ought to be living in expectancy of, of, of that time. Let me, give you, let me give you one more, and that's in 1 John chapter 3, verses 6 through 10. A holy life. The Bible says, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Again, that's not trying to earn our salvation, but because we are saved, we're, we're different. Look at verse 6 of chapter 3. Whosoever, whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. For his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he's born of God. Now, I know some of you right now, you're thinking, "Uh uh-oh, that let me out. Look at verse 9. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. Now, does that mean that you can't, can't commit a, an act of sin? It doesn't mean that. Because back in chapter 1, remember, he said if anyone sins, we have an advocate. I guess chapter 2. But if, anyone, uh, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. That's all first, first chapter. So we know he's talking to Christians, talking to the church. But what he's talking about is this continual, habitual life of sin. See, if, if, if you're saved tonight, we can't just keep on living like we used to live before we're saved. Right? Amen? Isn't that what we as Baptists are accused of? I mean, aren't we accused of that? And sometimes rightfully so. Oh, I know you're a Baptist. You believe once saved, always saved. Well, yes, I believe you're saved. You're always saved. But now what does that mean? Is that walking down an aisle? Is that getting baptized in the baptistry? Is that, is that signing a card? No. That's coming to Christ. It's conversion. It's what God does in us. And our lives are different. See, and that's what he's talking about. I remember, uh, I won't call his name, a lot of you would have remembered him. But I'd go see him and, and, and his big excuse was, he said, well, I used to work with a deacon. <laughs> and he'd want to tell me a story. I mean, it could have been a preacher, but it happened to be a deacon. And he'd tell me this story. And I remember I'd call him a name. And, I, and I'm trying to be careful not to call him. And I'd call him a name. And I said, you know what? You don't have to give an account for them. But I said, you're going to have to give an account for you, right? 
You know, and, 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 and he, was, he softened during the years. He softened. And, and I know he, even toward the latter days, he told me, he said, said, you know, said, said I'm going to surprise you one of these days because I, I remember one time I called the office because <laughs> I thought he was so close to getting saved. And I said, hey, pray for her, so-and-so. I said, I said, you know, I said, he just seems so close to coming to Christ. And then one day, you know what happened? He died. I don't know whether he ever came to the Lord or not. We live our lives like we're going to live forever. We're not. Newsflash, here's your good news for the day. You're going to die. My gift is not encouragement. No idea, I'm just kidding. But isn't that true, right? You know, listen, I'm 58 years old. And I know I don't look it. I probably look 78 years old. I've, I've gotten a free discount at, at, uh, at Chick-fil-A when I was 48. And I'm like, I'm just 48? She says, well, I just learned not to ask anybody. I'm like, well, I look in the mirror now and think, where's my pappy, Chet? That's what I think. Where's pappy doing that? This was true. I think it was yesterday or the day before I looked in the mirror and I thought, boy, I look bad. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm going, anyway, my point is, I'm 58 years old and I realize my dad died at 56, so I've already, I'm already on borrowed time probably. And here's the thing. We, we think about, well, you know, I don't think of 58 being old, but when I was young, that, it, it seemed pretty old. And the point is, that whether it's 58, whether it's 78, whether it's today, whether it's tomorrow, there's coming a day I'm going to die. And there's coming a day you're going to die. And here's the thing. Where are you going to be? Up to now, it's been somebody else. And, and we know this, right? We know this. How many times? It was just here a while back in our own, in our own church. We had, we had a lady in church that morning, Sue Reynolds, one of the most godly women. You'd love Miss Sue. And I looked at her and I said something goofy like I normally do. And I could just see her smiling. Listen, she was dead on Tuesday. Went to the heart doctor on Monday. said, everything looks good. But I'm telling you... The Bible says it is appointed unto man to die once and then the judgment. And there's coming that day. And the reason I'm saying that, and you all know this, but I'm saying this tonight, if you're here and you're not sure where you stand with the Lord, make sure tonight. Make sure tonight. If there's any doubt, well, you know, I, listen, don't, don't give me this. Well, I think I'm, don't give me that. I hope I'm, don't give me that. Go back. We're going to finish up. We're out of time. Here, chapter 5. Here it is. These things, verse 13. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. What a great sound. I'm glad to hear you using your Bibles. And, and whether that be on your phone, Holy Mobile, one of the guys calls it back home, the Holy Mobile, whatever. But it's good to hear the pages flipping. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. There, salvation is found in no one else. No one other than the name of Jesus. And I pray tonight you know Him. Can you say, yes, I've done what the Bible says. What does the Bible tell us to do? To believe on Christ. Amen? To trust Him. That involves what? Repenting of our sin. Can you go back? Let me just ask you this, just in your mind right now. Can you go back to a time, you may not remember the exact date on the calendar, but can you go back to a time in your life and say, I, I remember, I, I repented of my sins and I trusted Jesus. And Jesus alone. That's what the Bible tells us to do. The Holy Spirit of God, He bears witness in our hearts. Amen? The fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, 
joy, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, these things, right? It's a fruit. If you're not sure, ask somebody close to you, somebody that knows you. Hey, do you see God? Do you see God's fruit in my life? Right? But he bears witness, doesn't he? He gives us peace. That's, that's how I, the best way to explain. How do I know for sure I have the Holy Spirit of God looming within me? Is there a peace in my heart even now that, hey, you're a child of God? Amen? So the Holy Spirit. Also, the external witness, that of a changed life. Is your life different? Is your life different? Is there something not, not perfect? None of us will get there till we get to heaven. But are you different tonight? And so, so we have to answer that. All of us have to answer for ourselves. And, and maybe everybody here tonight, you can check all three and say, hey, praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. But maybe you can't. And I'm just going to say, if not, settle that. Would you do that? This was a long time before I'd ever tell anybody I ever doubted my salvation. You know? I'd heard people say things like, hey, if you doubt, you ain't saved. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to doubt. Oh, I just doubt it. I'm not saying, you know, I'm just saying, you tell me not to do something, I'm going to do it, right? I mean, but seriously, yeah, but, but then I started talking around and, 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 and here's a good biblical example of that. You know, because again, I've heard that, I've heard that said, hey, if you've ever doubted that you ain't saved. Well, you remember John the Baptist, a little different situation. Remember when John the Baptist, he was in prison and he sent a couple of folks to Jesus and said this, are you the one to come or should we expect someone else? Now this was the very one that had said, hey, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. But then apparently somewhere he started wondering, is this Jesus really who I thought he was? Right? And Jesus gave a pretty high commendation, didn't he, to John the Baptist. But my point is this, settle it tonight. Amen? Settle it tonight. Let's bow our heads. We're close, getting ready to close and come to a time of invitation. And so as we have musicians and folks uh, uh, getting in place, let me just ask you, with their heads bowed and their eyes closed tonight, what's God speaking to your heart? I hope tonight. Listen, let me, let me just ask you this. Let me ask it this way. If you're here tonight, nobody looking around, but if you're here tonight and and you know you're saved. Listen, would you just lift your hand up? You know tonight that you're saved. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Listen, I believe about every hand went up. Maybe every hand did. Almost close to it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Could be somebody here tonight, maybe, maybe your hand didn't go up. Or maybe you, maybe you knew you, you were supposed to put it up and you're really not sure. I, I know I've been there too, but... So praise the Lord if you know that tonight. And I pray that God would give you someone that you can share maybe some of these verses and things with and others as God gives you of helping somebody that might like that assurance. Because I do believe it's a big thing sometimes among true believers, sometimes that lack of assurance. Let me ask you tonight if you're saved. Listen, are you where you need to be tonight? As I asked yesterday morning, where are you at? Where are you at spiritually? You're walking with the Lord. Can you remember a better, a better time and a better day? Can you remember a time you had more joy in your life? A time you had greater peace in your life? Or does it feel like, hey, you know, I feel like I've wandered away from the Lord. Listen, isn't it time to come home tonight? And maybe just find your way to this altar and just spend some time in prayer tonight. Would you do that tonight? Or right where you are in your seat tonight.
But let me also say, there may be someone here tonight and maybe you're just not quite sure. Tonight, would you just settle that between you and the Lord? Tonight, would you be willing to say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know You died on the cross for my sins. I know You arose again. And Jesus, would You come into my heart and forgive me and save me? I'm not talking about praying a magic prayer, but if that's that's Your heart tonight, would You be willing just to call upon the Lord tonight? Just to trust Him. Just to confess your sins to Him. And if you're here tonight and you're, again, if you're battling in that, that, that area of I'm not sure, why don't you just settle it right now, tonight? Just call upon the Lord and just to say, hey, I know this time and I know now that I'm calling upon Jesus and trusting Him as my Lord and Savior. Realizing that I've got sin and that only Jesus can forgive me and save me of my sins. And I just invite you just to call upon Him. Father, right now, I just pray that You bless our time of invitation here tonight. And and Lord, I just pray that You speak to every heart. I'm thankful, Lord, just for just so many hands, Lord, that that went up. Hey, folks, say a lot of saved folks here tonight. Praise the Lord. And Father, would You just bring great assurance of that. And, And Lord, for someone that may be struggling tonight, in that assurance, would you give them that assurance and help them, Lord, tonight just to settle that. Lord, just to know for sure in their heart. Father, I pray, Lord, even for that person that may be here, and maybe they know they're saved, but they're just not where they need to be tonight. And Lord, would you just, Lord, thank you for your grace and giving us this opportunity. So Lord, tonight, would you just give that person extra courage just to say, Lord, I want to come home. Father, we pray, help us in that. And Jesus, we ask these things. Amen. Would you stand to your feet as we have a...